Hey, thanks again for tuning into yet another episode of the Conversation Podcast here at McCurdy's Comedy Theater. Uh, we are in the last week of December, and we hope everybody's having a fantastic holiday. Uh, this is a shorter podcast. It's only about 30 minutes long. Uh, our headliner this week was Brett Leak. He wasn't able to make the podcast. So I just got to sit down one-on-one with Devin Siebold. He was our feature act. He's been on the podcast before, a few episodes back with Carmen Ciracillo, and we had the pleasure of sitting down with him once again. I had a lot of fun talking to this guy. He just got back from Australia, touring all over Australia, and uh, I think you guys are going to love him. I think you guys will love his podcast. Please give it up for Devin Siebold. Welcome to the conversation. <laughs> so this is Les McCarty, the conversation. This is where we're in the green room at McCarty's Comedy Theater. Just uh, as much as we can uh, keep this conversation just normal and sincere and casual as we do when we're sitting back here anyway. Uh, and uh, that's what it's all about. And uh, Devin Seabold, who's right over there. Hello. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for having me again. You're welcome. And uh, and uh, also Brett Leek's going to join us here in just a minute. But Devin walked in. He he's normally he's normally in a nice press collared shirt. Da, da, right. He's, he's in a sweatshirt. I don't even know who Liam Gallagher is. A uh, singer of Oasis. I named oh. my kid after him. Oh, to be right. honest with you, uh, big fan. So nice. I, I got to see him in Brisbane when I uh, went over there. Mm-hmm. So he was apologizing for his attire. Mm-hmm. You know. And uh, I was going to tell him this, when, when Ken Sons and I were a comedy team, we used to labor over what to wear. Right. You know, and, and we tried all these different things. We did Hawaiian shirts. Cause we were a team. We were a comedy team. Right. We did Hawaiian shirts. We did all black. We looked like fucking mimes. We did, <laughs> you know, or we did all these different things, you know, and suits and, you know, just all these different things. And then Ken opens though. Couple three or four years into it, Ken opens up the first club in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and one of our first acts in uh, uh, in the first couple of months was a guy named Mark Schiff, mm-hmm. and Mark's a brilliant comedian mm-hmm. uh, from New York. Uh, he's a Seinfeld, you know. I think they're all buddies, and, yeah. And and uh, he was on some episodes of Seinfeld, and he's just a brilliant, brilliant comedian, but. He's not, you know, he's one of those New York guys that's, you know, he dresses kind of frumpy, he doesn't mm-hmm. care. But he's, you know, not not super. And so anyway, he he uh, comes, he gets to the club just before, you know, he's going on stage and uh, on a Wednesday night. And he goes up and all we noticed was he had a comedy, uh, our comedy club t-shirt on. And mm-hmm. we're like, wonder where he got that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? His first time there, and da da da. That's all we noticed, right? Yeah. So then he came off stage, and we knew Mark. We'd known Mark from touring. We'd we'd worked with him before, and so we were like, well, what's up with the the comedy catch T-shirt? And he goes, he goes, my bags didn't come in, mm-hmm. and they did, and I kept waiting, I kept waiting, and they didn't get delivered, and the clothes I'd been in. I had be, literally been in all day, and I was like, so he goes, I pulled the T-shirt off the wall that y'all had, <laughs> and then I found one of the janitors, yeah. one of the maintenance guys, and I said, he goes, he said, do you guys have, like, khakis? Like, unif-? he goes, yeah, we got some blue khakis. So he goes, I got a pair of blue khakis from the maintenance area that are too big. He goes, I got them pinned on me, right? Right. <laughs> and, uh, and of course, he just... 
killed that night. I mean, you had one of those sets as a young comedian. You're just sitting there going, God, I can't wait till I'm close to that. <laughs> yeah, right. You exactly. know, and, and he's sitting there telling us that, and me and Ken are going, I don't think clothes have anything to do with it. <laughs> I yeah. don't think it's the clothes. I think man. you're right. I think you're right. <laughs> I just got back from an Australia tour, and they lost my bags on the way to Australia. So I landed in Sydney, and they were in L.A., and I had a show oh. that night. And so I went to Target, and I just reached for the rack, grabbed a shirt. I was like, okay, you know, 2X, I'm good. A uh, <laughs> pair of pants, I'm good. Went to the show, immediately realized their sizing is completely off. Because oh, when no. I was in Target, I thought it was hysterical that they had 6, 7, and 8X. I said, man, they must cater to some really big people here <laughs> in Australia. I, turns out I'm that really big person. <laughs> I'm like a 7X in Australia. Oh, and man. so I went on stage full night at the Roxbury, tight as can be shirt. And I, was, I just told them the story. They thought it was funny oh. but i said your sizing is not what americans are used to that's and great. and so uh I, was, I, had to, I had to grab a some so that shirts. was recent that was, pretty that was yeah i just got uh back maybe uh five days ago oh, from no. i said you done that before no it was a two-week tour of australia with all the major cities and um man you, you get spoiled you know because it was uh put on by their big promoter over there uh -huh. and they, they just i mean pick up service and and nice. They cater to your every need. Were it clubs and or theaters? Theaters and one club. Okay. There was one small club that we finished with in Perth, Australia, that was just brilliant. I mean, it was a brand new, beautiful place. Uh, just the, these guys knew comedy. Like yeah, they, nice. you could tell the second you walked in, you were like, whoever ran this, whoever runs this, knows what they're doing what about yeah. 150 seats 150 seats yeah. yep low ceilings nice and tightly packed in there yep. used to be you know? oh it was amazing yeah. it was they wow. had some really cool so how did you end up getting that uh, um i work with joe dombrowski who uh -huh. is really big he's from ellen and he's he's right. kind of taken off as a teacher comic so right. we complement each other pretty well and my podcast is really big in australia for some reason oh, wow. so he pulled me on and we ended up our powers combined selling out a lot of these places Places nice. and uh, so just the two out really of well. you. Yep, just two awesome. of us. Awesome, that's awesome. That's wow. great. Yeah, that's and great. it was beautiful weather. We lucked out. It was really nice over there. Uh, that's one of my bucket list places to go. Right? I, it was mine too, and I it did not disappoint. If I can be honest, Les, it no. was beyond what I thought it would be. Gotcha. Hospitable, clean, uh, affordable. When I was there, you know, uh -huh. fantastic food places. All the places I went weren't too touristy. Right. They they kept a lot of the the culture. I uh -huh. was I was really impressed. Nice. Mm -hmm. I've I've never heard I've never heard a bad word about Australia or New Zealand. No. Anybody's never. ever gone there. They they don't have any, I've never heard anybody say that was not worth it no and it's arduous not. to get there i guess so. oh that plane ride <laughs> i took as off. tall as you are man. oh man oh. oh man i took off in orlando and landed in sydney 26 hours later because uh, we i had to go to la and then over it was miserable that, miserable that's, that's real jet lag right there i'm sure oh coming back was the worst like uh. I, I didn't realize somebody said going east is the worst yeah, going, going west, they said jet lag's not as bad, and oh. I didn't feel it when I got there. Coming back east, I was oh, I was miserable. I was out for a day and a half. Wow. Is it because like you're going like against time or something? I, or? Yeah, well, to put it this way, I took off from Australia yeah. at 11 p.m. in Brisbane, Australia. 
yeah. on Tuesday, 11 p.m. on Tuesday. I arrived 25 hours later in Orlando at 4.30 p.m. on a Tuesday. So, so a, a day and a little more had passed, yeah. and yet physically, calendar-wise, time yeah. on my watch-wise, only five hours had passed. That's so weird. It was incredibly weird. It was very weird even getting there because, you know, there I got there and I was like, yeah, it's it's this time. She's like, oh, that's cool. And, uh, you know, my, my girlfriend's like, um, what day is it? I said, what do you mean what day is it? She goes, is it like Sunday there? And I said, yeah. She goes, it's Saturday here. I was like, oh, that's weird. And then I immediately started thinking of all the advantages. I was like, do I get the Mandalorian a day early? <laughs> I, I checked Disney Plus. Turns out, no, you get a day nope. late. Nope, same thing. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. I was very disappointed about that. I was like, do I get stuff early here? And nothing, Every everything's late there. It's just nothing early. That's weird. But so did you, you didn't experience like really jet lag when you got there, though? When I got there, I thought I would experience it. But I think there was a few things working for me. First off, I oh, slept the entire plane ride. Right. And we landed in, in Australia at like 9 in the morning. So it didn't really feel that weird to me. Right, and right. then um, also just the excitement. Like, yeah, cause I yeah, immediately yeah. landed and I was like, oh man, this is awesome. And they had us go, 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 you know, and we had the show right away. And, you know, as a comic stepping on that stage, you just, anything that's ails you goes yeah. away pretty much instantly. That's the, that's the strangest. Uh, they should study that. Oh yeah, absolutely. About, I, it's like, it, what do they call it? The stage, uh, is it like. I don't know, man, but that stuff, it's, it's a... You could, have like a, you could be sick as a dog, and then yep. you clear up for 20 minutes, however long your set is, and then yeah. you get off right back to sickness. I've been absolutely physically just down, yeah. and and I, my friends would be like, dude, you got a show tonight? And I'm like, yeah. They're like, how are you going to do it? I'm like, I don't know why, but when I get up there, it goes away. Yeah. And it'll be gone for that 30, 45 minutes, whatever I'm up there. And then the second that I get off stage, I, I'm okay for about half an hour, an hour, and then I go right back to sickness. Gosh. But, yeah, just it's a weird thing. It's probably a combination of adrenaline and focus. and It's like uh, mind over matter almost. Something, yeah. Because it's weird. Because like, it's not the same if you're, like, depressed or angry, though, I felt. Like, hmm. yeah. when I go up on stage, if, like, something really bad happened, not sickness or anything, mm -hmm. like, it can affect my set. Sure. But, like, if I'm sick, it doesn't affect my set. You can't hide your true feelings when you're right. behind the mic as weird as it is i mean i've had like you said if you're you had a really crappy day yeah you're angry at something and you go up there and try to fake positivity right your jokes won't work <laughs> like they're just gonna see right through it that's and, what i feel like yeah. and go yeah we're not buying you right now yeah, we uh, can you, tell you're fucking mad <laughs> yeah you're you're lying to us you're disingenuous and uh and that's how it is, which is why I kind of like to, I kind of like to lean into stuff like that. You know, not really too hard, but like if I had a, a crappy experience, I try to write a, a small punch about it. Right. Even if right. it's just something that I can describe on stage and then just hit them with one quick laugh just to get it out of yeah, the way yeah, yeah. so they get a little background info. So they understand what, what your day was like almost. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause you know, that you, it's kind of putting you know a realness to it you know like i because I, I did um and that's the thing is i did come back from australia yeah. and landed and that night like uh four hours after i landed i had a show holy shit and i was feeling it pretty heavy yeah. and so i talked the first like 20 minutes on stage about 
my experience in Australia and about wow. the trip and everything and let them know that I just landed. And, yeah. and that's why I kind of looked completely <laughs> out of sorts. I think one eye had like the air vent blowing on it the whole time. So it was bright red, oh, you know, yeah, and yeah. is yeah. Yeah. Did not feel good. That's gotta be exhausting. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, uh, last night was a weird experience for me. I bombed the hardest I've ever bombed hosting good in front of, <laughs> in front of, the woman who broke my heart. Oh no! She came in for some reason. Was just there. That's the worst. I don't. I don't I'm like, how the fuck do you recover from that? Did she tell people around her not to laugh? She uh, was like, "This it, man broke my heart. Don't it, laugh at him." It must. I wish. I, I wish I could rely on that as an excuse, <laughs> but I could. I don't know. It was, just, it was just in the back of my head the whole time. Like I was like, when you put that pressure on yourself, like tell you can't bomb. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how quickly you'll bomb. Every time. <laughs> like, Every time. If there's one time where I'm like, I just can't bomb tonight. Did you address that. it? No, no. I, 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 I feel got, like I should have. I was bombing at uh, the Why Not Lounge on my Bonkers audition. And yeah. I looked in the back and Ken Miller, the guy who was booking me, was there. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I kind of I broke like right in the middle of it. And I go, I just want to let you guys know. You have completely ruined my career as a comedian. <laughs> like, like I, the, the, the guy who books me is in the room, and here yeah. you are, you know, just disappointing me, you know? And uh, they started to laugh a little bit at that, and he laughed at that, and I think it was kind of the only reason that I got to continue to do what I was doing is the fact that I, I was clowning on uh, acknowledging the bomb, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, you don't want to acknowledge it too much because then it just becomes a, like... <laughs> I don't know. It becomes a thing with the crowd where they're they're like, oh, yeah, now we hear him bombing even more, yeah. you know? Yeah, you, you put your finger on it. Like, this is what this is. Okay. Yeah, like I was uh, watching uh, Carl Ramey. Uh, I love the guy. Yeah. He was he was um, headlining Bonkers uh, Boardwalk Bowl okay. ages ago, and I was opening for him, and uh, he pointed out a air hockey table. Yeah. <laughs> that he was like, you hear that? That ding, ding, ding. It's annoying the hell out of me. And that's at that point from then on, that was all I heard. Oh, and I didn't wow. hear it at all, you know. And, and then I, I think the crowd, too, because it, it got a little uh, there was a little bit of a lag there, like yeah, because yeah. he pointed out something that I think we had mostly blocked out, you right. know, but it was just irritating him. And it yeah. just kept then all of a sudden. I couldn't hear anything else. <laughs> That's so funny. I just kept hearing the ting, 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 ting. Uh, like everybody scoring. Oh like it God. was, it was so all he screwed I focused himself. On. He screwed himself a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't agree with um, pointing out annoyances in the crowd unless sure. you can openly, you can, you can judge the whole crowd and realize right. that we're all hearing the same thing. Right, right. You know, right, if right. it's an. Uh, like you know it's like the difference between a heckler and a person just talking loud yeah sometimes somebody's just talking loud and nobody's turned to look at them and if you address them you're a jerk you know like it's it's like oh you just singled them out you know yeah because they don't know that it's annoying right until until they know it's annoying right yeah it's so weird and it's it's there is a difference like because people think that uh just table talking is heckling it's like no that's not heckling no it's just annoying it's being a bad audience member yeah for sure you definitely don't want that but I always, I never look directly at the heckler. I look at the people around them, and if okay. there's a lot of heads turned, then I'm like, all right, I gotta say something, you right, know? Right, right, right. If there's not a lot of heads turned and everybody's focused on me and they're still laughing, then 
you let it kind of subside. Yeah, you let so. it work itself out. Sure. You know, some people just order loud. You know, yeah. Like the, they're they're the worst of the worst human <laughs> beings. They can't whisper in a damn comedy club. <laughs> yeah. But people will come by and be like, "What would you like?" And they're like, "I'd like a margarita." <laughs> and you're like, "No, that's not how we order." Like that's yeah. <laughs> But they just forget there's a show going on, and uh, that's the way it is. That is the weirdest. I surf here sometimes, and it's like when I do have that table, that's like, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, Mike, because they'll like, I'll tell them my name at the beginning of the show, mm-hmm. and then for some reason they think it's okay to just shout my name out throughout the show. Mm-hmm. So they'll be like, hey, Mike, I'm Margaret, and I'll see the headliner and be like, what the fuck are they talking to? Yeah. So I have to like come in and like literally like bear hug them almost, and be like, like with like just be like, hey, like, hey, calm the fuck down, like just whisper this shit. I have to like, but I have to do that without saying it. Mm-hmm. I have to like give them that look like you're being inappropriate right now. Mm-hmm. And I would say nine out of ten of them get it. Mm-hmm. The 10th person, though, they'll just keep talking full volume. Like, <laughs> not even, well, yeah, what, what's the problem? I don't get it. I'm just ordering food here. It's the crazy worst. to me. The worst. Yeah. There's a, uh, a open mic, and I won't name it. <laughs> it's not here, but it's, it's in the state of Florida. Yeah. And one of the bartenders is hard of hearing. <laughs> oh, that's going to be great. And I... I She's the nicest girl in the whole world. Yeah. But man, oh man, her volume level. Oh, jeez. Is she's unaware. Yeah. That it is the loudest possible volume level. <laughs> I, I, I every time I take the stage, within three minutes of my set, I know all of our specials. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I would be happy to tell you what you should order at yeah. this point. At uh, this point, might as well just be you, right? Telling, right. <laughs> taking their orders. Yep. That's hilarious. Uh, man. <laughs> I've done a couple of those where like the where you can tell like you walk into the bar show and you can tell that like this is maybe the third time doing it mm-hmm. cuz like none of the staff are primed for comedy. Like they don't none. understand how much yeah. how much things have to be set right for a, for a good comedy show, you know? Yeah. And the bartenders like they're like blending drinks and stuff yep. and shaking drinks. It's so loud and midway through my set at my first hosting gig with a uh, Bonkers there's a bartender that decided it was time to fill the ice <laughs> along the entire bar <laughs> and just scooping and shoveling oh and dumping God. and it was uh 90% of my set was just ice <laughs> oh, it's so hard to focus. Oh, yeah. It's terrible. And then I, I even listened back because you record your set early on. Right. And it sounded like the entire opening of Frozen where they're just <laughs> chunking ice into the water and chipping it and everything. I was like, this, I can't use this. Damn. Well, did the audience pick up on oh, it, Oh, they too? hated it. Oh, man. Yeah, they're just looking at it the whole time like, what the hell are you doing? And they don't uh, get it. It's like they don't get it. Yeah. And I think it's because a lot of it is like they're so used to maybe musical acts. Mm-hmm. Because that's the, the, that's the difference. Like, hmm and it's not taking anything away from musicians, but like the, it doesn't require full focus. Right. You like you are background music to an extent, unless mm-hmm. you know, like unless you're like a I don't know, like a rock band that has a lot of like theatrics and stuff. But realistically, people can can appreciate your music and focus on something else and talk to each other. And yeah, you can bounce in and out of a song. You yeah, know? yeah, but you can't do that with comedy. No, you miss one key sentence and the whole joke's ruined. Yep, it's it's really and the weird. comics up on stage just yeah. crying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because nobody's paying attention to them. Oh. Bar shows, you just—it's an uphill battle. Yeah. The worst are the surprise bar shows where they just don't even know there's a comedy show. You know? Yeah. They just—they have no idea that you're about to start a comedy show. <laughs> They're fully invested in whatever sport games on the TV. Oh yeah. And suddenly the TV goes off, and mm-hmm. the, the, somebody says, "Turn around, be quiet, and yeah. pay attention." And they're like, "No." Yeah. I, I didn't come here for that. 
And to an extent, you have to be like, I don't blame you either. I don't. I don't blame him at all. Like, yeah. the, the venue didn't do a good job of warning you. Right. You, know, you think that there's about to be a karaoke contest. Yep. <laughs> and it's yep. not. There's no karaoke tonight. Yep. Just weird dick jokes and mm-hmm. stuff. It's, so, it's pretty but, funny. And the funny thing is, is, is you're the rude one now. Yeah, exactly. But we're talking, you know. Yeah. So if you if you say so, if the the person that was came to watch the game and you shut off their TV and tell them not to talk and they say one word, suddenly the comics go after them yes. like they're an asshole. And it's yes. like I, you, you yeah. came to me and yeah, exactly. ruined my good time. And that's like their bar. Yeah, like that's the bar they always go to. Yep. Like you're ruining the experience that's their for them. Spot. So it's eh. such a weird juxtaposition. Kinda. Yeah, if I ever do bar shows, which I do sometimes, and I'll even set some up, I I'm like, yeah, we got to have signs all over the place. Yeah. And the day that the day that people come in an hour or two before the show, when they sit down, and go just so you know, just so you know, there will be a bar show here. And that's with anything. If you just let if you just let an audience know about anything, they're usually going to be okay with it. Mm-hmm. Like, if they agree to it. If they don't agree to it, then whatever, they leave or you know they head out early. It's like when a, when a, when a comedian's like really vulgar. You yeah. know, if you give them some form of a heads up, they're going to be okay with it. But if they're caught off guard by it, yeah. Oh man, like mm-hmm. it's not great. No, it's so weird. Hmm. But I love those experiences. I used to address it like when I could tell mm-hmm. when they're like you had like a family just sit right up front and i could tell they have no idea about an open mic's about to happen mm-hmm. i always address them like you have to be like you guys and the funniest thing is they get locked in sometimes because they show up and they don't want to be rude and all stand up at the same time right during somebody's set because that person's gonna kill themselves when they get home you know so i love that that's like my favorite thing the whole family's just like confused and scared i love it when they the parents are like it's Nothing they haven't heard before, no. and then they realize that we we are about to say plenty. Your child has <laughs> never heard before, you know. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> it's it's about to be a whole anatomy lesson, and <laughs> they're gonna hear the c word about six times in five <laughs> yeah. minutes. So a little all about drugs tonight. Yep. Nothing like the dare class. <laughs> yeah. That's weird. It's cool your second time on the podcast, though. Yeah, man. I, I love the, the the scenario here that you guys have set up. Yeah. And um, and I got a podcast, too, Crying in My Car, a podcast for teachers. So uh, people or teachers know people listen to that. Yeah. It's, it's cool, man. Podcasting is, is the the thing that I didn't know I needed till I did it. Right. And then you're like, oh, man, wow, there's a really large audience out there for this stuff. And even Joe Rogan the other day said it. He was like, you know, you can have 700,000 podcasts, but if you do a good podcast that people connect yeah. with, yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, they'll just add it to their – they'll find another half hour or hour exactly. in the day to listen to this podcast eventually, you know. And, and once subscribe. you got them, as long as you stay consistent, you got them forever, basically. Yep. You know they I mean? subscribe, Let's... and they, they stay subscribed. Yeah. So – yeah, we've got I've got a Patreon for my podcast, and I'm so amazed that we just have people that just have been supporting month after month after month, and like we've had only one person delete their pledge, wow. and that was only because they wanted to up their pledge and oh, wow. didn't know they could edit it, oh. so they deleted it and then resubscribed. Wow, so, that's great numbers right there. Yeah, man, we're we're really stoked about that, but it's just it, podcasting. You know, there's such technicalities to it, and um, but people love it, man. People, and I got into it too. That's the thing is, I didn't even listen to as many podcasts until I started considering doing one. Yep. 
And then right when I started considering doing one, I was like, I, I didn't want to just jump into it. I wanted to research. So I was like, yes. let me listen to podcasts similar to mine. Right, then right, listen right. the idea that I have. Right. Then listen to the most popular podcasts and see what they're doing, right. you know, and try to – and the people that I like. And so I started just researching, listening, trying out yeah. all different ones. And then you realize that, uh, man, there's so many weird ones out there. There's so many – and I thought it's uh, – it's – what I learned from it is like it's a skill. Like oh it, yeah. Like it, at first we're like I'm like well it's just talking to them like how hard can it be and like then I'm then we press record and <laughs> nobody's saying shit. You're like oh shit. Yeah. We actually have to focus and work here. <laughs> it's really strange. And then I th- I find it helps me with comedy. Like oh yeah. It helps me uh, express ideas better and extrapolate ideas sometimes just by walking through like a joke with a comic sometimes on mm-hmm. while it's recording. And then you can listen back to it. Yeah. It's great. Like, well, how do you format your podcast? We have kind of an opening dialogue where it's just personal stories talking about our life. Yeah. Then I go into teachers in the news not touching kids because like <laughs> there's so many teachers that touch kids. It's, it's a broad topic. <laughs> yeah. <right now. laughs> so we want to talk about the teachers not touching the kids <laughs> that are in the news, and then uh, then I always close it out with something that I've written or that we've produced, which is like this past episode, we had the Miss Teacher USA pageant. So okay. me and my co-host were announcers on the Miss Teacher USA pageant. Like, here she <laughs> comes, disheveled and looking homeless. You know, like, and, uh, you know, and we did the little fake songs and yeah, everything. Yeah. And then we just dropped it. We just dropped a teaser for a Christmas album, teacher Christmas album coming out like, uh, it's it's all parody stuff wow, like, yeah. and but it takes a lot of work man because i write all of the podcast right like, yeah. and i look up all the articles and then i write the punchlines to go with the articles and it's uh if i've often thought man if i put half as much effort into a new set i'd have like four <laughs> new hours by now you know <laughs> yeah that's the weird part <laughs> but, how much time is going towards this one thing yeah it's it's exhausting but yeah that's when we got lucky we we're just like we're not gonna script it because mm-hmm I don't, nobody has enough time for that. You know and that's I mean? the thing is some of them out there, I mean like this one and you know, the, the, most of the good comedy podcasts aren't scripted, no, you know, no. because there's so many stories and natural flow that you can go with, uh, with teaching, you know, there's only so much you can talk about and I've right. only had X number of experiences. So I like to look at other people's experiences and then kind of write from their point of view. But it's a good and, topic because, oh man, so there's broad. so many teachers out there and it's such a sh- shitty job. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it, it's constantly changing with the battling, you know, for uh, just decent pay yeah. and respect. And then you have, uh, you know, teaching worldwide is completely different. You know, yeah, Australian teachers from U.S. teachers. And it, just to talk about the BS that goes on in the classroom, it's kind of yeah. kind of cool. But, well, yeah, man. I think it's cool that you found a way to – like that's your niche like you connect with teachers but you also connect with students i'm mm-hmm. sure you connect with parents yeah that have like, like most people go through the schooling system anyway so it's so relatable oh yeah they, there's like, a lot of people that message and they're like yeah i don't i'm not a teacher but i just love the podcast i'm yeah. like that's cool you know <laughs> but it's it's the anti-motivation podcast because if you google like teacher podcasts they're all like hey here's how to change your kids lives and here's yeah. how to here's how to make the most out of your lesson plans and i'm over here like yeah here's how not to get fired by posting <laughs> their stuff on social media you know yeah, exactly like here's how to post their ridiculous answers and and share it and not you lose, yeah. lose your position and uh, the teachers love that because they're like yeah i'm so sick of it being like rainbows and butterflies yes. 
they're like, I just want to hear the real. The underbelly you know? of it. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. they're under so much scrutiny these days, it feels like. Endless. I mean, it's ter- it's a little terrifying. Like It almost seems like the, the kids are running the school at this uh, point. The like, parents, yeah, the parents, the parents and the kids uh, have a hand in education, but it's ironically they have a stronger hand in education, but a less um, uh, less involvement. And they, they, they're trying to strong arm us, but don't pay enough attention in the first place. Like right. It's, it's kind of like a... You know, ah, yeah, I let my kid's grade slip to an F. You know, right, right, instead right. of going, how do I get it up to an A? It's a, how do I get you fired? You know, right, exactly. how is this your fault? Yeah, not my kid's fault. Right. Wow. But the, so they neglect the kids more than ever. That's so but weird. They, but they're quick to fire off a social media post or a, mm-hmm. a rant or an email or try to get the news involved as quick as possible to try to change their side, you know? When they just won't address that, like, they're probably just not a, good, a decent parent. Like, yeah. And the thing that sucks is, you know, as a teacher, we're not allowed to talk to the media. Like the district, yeah, what is that about? District has to talk to the media. So it's so funny wow. because some of these parents will go to the media and they don't have limitations. Yeah. And they'll spew the biggest BS lies oh on God. TV that you've ever seen. And then they're like, yeah, the teacher wasn't available for comment. And it makes us look so bad. And yeah. it's like, and then you hear the story behind the scene and you see the videos that, you know, and you see that their kids started yeah. all of it and instigated all of it. And none of it's the same. Yeah. But the, the story's already out there, you know? Yeah. And there's and you can't even go back and comment then and go, Hey, I'm a teacher, I just wanted to clear my name. Nope, you can't do that. You know, the That's district crazy. already said it's an ongoing investigation and we can't look into you know, we can't yeah. comment on it. Because they're so careful. Yes. Because they don't want to get fucked. Yeah, they're so careful, man. They walk a, a line of uh we're gonna cater to everyone and not hurt anybody's feelings. It's and, not possible. And you just need to you need to take a position, you know. Yeah. It's so funny because sometimes I see these districts defend these teachers, and I'm like, why would you do that? And then I'm also in the back of my mind going, eh, good for you for finally defending one, you know. Finally. But sometimes they defend like the racist ones, and I'm like, eh, let's not make that the one we get. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're gonna stand up for a teacher. Let's not make it the racist one the one where <laughs> yeah. we're like, yeah, let's battle for this, you know. Oh man, I've seen so many of those videos of of like a teacher like defending their racist comments or something. Mm. Like that. That's bizarre to me. Complete idiocy. Yeah. I call them all out too on the podcast. I always <laughs> tell them, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you're an idiot, you know, and and you you should be fired. You shouldn't yeah. be in a classroom. We had, there was somebody the other day praised some Civil War general on Twitter and said it was a brilliant mind. And then when I googled him, the dude was leader of the KKK for three years and like uh, had been like arrested for lynching and like all oh, this. Yeah. And I was like. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that's the one that I'd praise, you know? Yeah. What's uh, your level? Like, well, you have a low threshold for brilliance, I guess. Yeah. Like, Jesus. Yeah. I'm just throwing that word out there for fun now. Mm. Yeah. All so right. politicized. I think I'm Yeah, man. Take your- pretty soon going to hit the stage. Yeah, so man. Get ready. I'm sure Les will be back here momentarily. Yeah, we'll pause. Yeah. Cool. All right, man. Good. Have fun. Hey, uh, real quick, though. Where can they find you? Oh, DevonComedy.com. D-E-V-I-N Comedy.com. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Conversation Podcast here at McCurdy's Comedy Theater. Uh, go to our website, McCurdy'sComedy.com, for all of our upcoming shows and events. Uh, let me tell you something. After the new year, we're booking about as many celebrities as we've ever booked 
in that short amount of time. Do not sleep on any of these guys. 2020 for McCurdy's is going to be amazing. So don't sleep on any of that. And uh, next week's no other. Expect another podcast. And uh, happy holidays to all of you. Love you. Bye.